again, everyone. Welcome to the 94th episode of Cotton Grower Magazine's Cotton Companion Podcast. Since our last visit, Mother Nature's thrown a few curveballs across the cotton belt with some cooler temperatures, even some freeze warnings, and a little unwanted rain slowing down or stalling field work and planting. And, and I guess, depending if you're in sort of the northern parts of the belt, you might have seen a few snowflakes. But and of course, our friends in West Texas are still praying for rain as they get closer to their planting windows. I'm Jim Stedman, Senior Editor of Cotton Grower. As always, I'm joined by Cotton Grower Editor Frank Giles. Frank, last week I actually had to go pull some long sleeve shirts back out of my closet for a few days. And uh, I don't believe Florida was exempt from this recent chilly wet weather either, was it? Yeah, it, it came down. Uh, I'm in Orlando and got a little bit chilly here, but um, more up toward Ocala, Gainesville, they were in some 50s. So got a little chilly, I guess, more notable to our north uh, in South Georgia over the weekend. There was places that had eight inches of rain or more. So they're really, really wet up there. So that's going to slow things down in the planting game for a few days at the very least. But um, we didn't get that kind of rain down here, but it was sure wet in Georgia. Absolutely. Well, those sandy soils should drain pretty pretty quickly. So hopefully, fingers crossed, if nothing else comes along, they'll be back in the field here uh, within a few days. Well, one of our topic today is, is, is a little bit different than, than what we normally talk about, because uh, over the past year, uh, shortly after COVID sent most of us into isolation, uh, we started seeing story after story about how segments of the U.S. cotton industry, uh, and especially textile mills, uh, pivoted from their regular garment production and shifted to production of, of cotton masks and PPE garments uh, and doing that pretty much on an over, on a overnight basis. Uh, so that along with some other industry shifts in programs and research uh, obviously helped keep medical first responders safe and on the job in those early days of the pandemic. And now that we have vaccinations and other measures working to slow the impact of COVID, the cotton industry once again is stepping up with a new program provide scrubs and other medical apparel to rural hospitals. It's a great story, and we're going to explore the details of that in just a few minutes with Keelan Golston, who's Cotton Product Manager for Delta Pine, which is one of the partners in this new initiative. It's a great story. We hope you'll stay tuned for that discussion. But first, Frank, what's a quick look at some of the recent news around the cotton belt? Yes, Jim, you know, with, with the new administration, uh, there's a lot of uh, focus on climate change, and, and there's been a lot of discussion about how agriculture uh, could play into that whole arena of practices and different things to address it. So there's been some attention to the Growing Climate Solutions Act of 2021. It was recently introduced by Senate Ag Committee Chairman Debbie Stabenow of Michigan and Senator Mike Braun of Indiana. It has received the endorsement of the National Cotton Council. The bill would pave the way for producers and forest landowners to, to, to adopt carbon sequestration practices and lower greenhouse gas emissions. It has 34 co-sponsors, including nine Cotton Belt uh, senators. The legislation would direct USDA to provide producers with reliable information and remove technical barriers to participating in private carbon credit markets. It would establish a 32-member advisory council, 51% of which must be farmers, ranchers, or private forest landowners, 
and creates a strong uh, confidentiality provisions to prevent USDA disclosure of farmer and business information. And if you're planning to add Pentia to your crop management program this season, you'll need to look for a new for its new owner, New Farm Americas. New Farm recently acquired Pentia plant regulator from BASF to add to the company's expanding portfolio of cotton management products. Pentia has a long track record of performance in helping maximize cotton yield and crop potential. New Farm is now the exclusive source of the product for the 2021 season and beyond. That's great. Thanks, Frank. Now we want to turn our attention to a new cotton industry initiative that was formally announced back on April 9th as a partnership between Georgia's Rural Center, uh, the Field to Closet Cotton Therapeutics, uh, Delta Pine, Helena Agri-Enterprises, and Nutrient Ag Solutions uh, all came together to create an end-to-end U.S. supply chain for Georgia-grown cotton to provide 100% cotton scrubs to rural hospitals across the state. Uh, joining us now in our virtual studio to explain the program in more detail is Keelan Golston. Keelan is cotton product manager for Delta Pine, who has been closely involved with getting this initiative off the ground. Keelan, it's great to visit with you again. Welcome to the Cotton Companion. Thanks, Jim. It's great to be here. All right. Now, take us back to the beginning with this program. Where did this initial idea come from? Who's been involved in pulling it all together? And, and really, how long has it taken to get it, uh, get it to this point? Well, Jim, several years ago, uh, I was at a, actually at a, at a cotton meeting in Memphis, and uh, one of the presenters was Eddie, Eddie Jernigan, Jernigan Global. And uh, Ed and I sat down after that meeting, and, and I began to talk to him about some of the ongoing research with Delta Pine and some of the fiber quality that we were seeing in our research lines that were still a couple of years back from being commercialized at that time, one of which turned out to be Delphine 1646 B2XL. Ed said, you know, there's some things happening in the, the textile industry where I think this could be a, a big player. And from there, we just started working together. And, and then uh, at that time, Monsanto started a project with, with Ed, the Field of Closet Project. We're just thrilled to see it come to fruition in the way that it did during this COVID crisis for us to be able to, to partner together and provide these 100% cotton scrubs to 16 rural Georgia hospitals and, and using all Georgia-grown cotton, uh, Delta Pine Select variety. Of course, most of it was Delta Pine 1646, working with uh, really a... a, a just 100% U.S., you know, the cotton was grown in Georgia, ginned in Georgia, and then it went to Parkdale Mills there in, in Georgia. Uh, yarn was made into material at Hornwood in, in North Carolina, and then came back and was cut and sewn at American Knits in Swainsboro. So it was a, a total U.S. effort to get this done. Keelan, and you're kind of touching on it here, but just talk a little bit about why this program is just as important to the textile supply chain as it is to cotton growers. Well, one of the things, Frank, that, that I think we have a, a wonderful opportunity with is to reshore some of our textile industry so that as a country, we're not dependent on foreign governments and, and their whims as to whether or not we're able to get the supplies that we need, especially during something like this pandemic. 
so it, it's really been exciting to work on this project and to see it come to fruition. And, and we certainly hope and think that it's going to come to, to commercial fruition as well. And, you know, back uh, years ago when we first started this field of closet project, well, one of the, the things that we said was going to be a driving force in it was that there was going to be a, a percentage of this that would go back to the grower that supplied the cotton. And, and we were able to do that in this project with the scrubs and, and we're able to pay a, a good premium back to the growers that participated in any any idea, Keelan, how many sets of, of scrubs have they have been produced to date? I I really don't know exactly how many scrubs. I know it's supposed to be a, a supply for 16 hospitals, but I, I don't I can probably find that, but I don't know what the number of scrubs are right up. Okay. Well, well, I guess my, my next question is where where does this program kind of go from here? You mentioned growers were getting uh, getting some benefit from this. Are, are we going to have more growers sign up for this program this year? Are there any plans to expand this to, uh, to maybe include some other mills or to uh, assist some other hosp hospitals beyond just the 16 that you currently have on, on, on the schedule? Yeah, we're, we're working right now, and, and Ed, especially in the field of closet project, is working to get this from a, a showing that we can do it phase into a commercial phase. And right now, from, from what I understand, that looks pretty promising to, to be able to commercialize this PPE project, you know, so we can, can go forward with it at a commercial level. Are, we, are you looking to, to kind of move it into, into some other states? Ed's working on, also on some efforts with some top-end type materials, you know, some, some higher fiber counts mm -hmm. uh, that would go into things like khakis and dress shirts and, and those kind of things as well. That's probably a little further down the road than, than the scrubs are right now, but there's interest at the retail level because of sustainability, mm -hmm. uh, because of traceability. I, I think, uh, again, I, I wish I could tell you this was all going to come to fruition in six months, but I guess the one thing I learned over the last five years is there's a lot of moving parts to the TikTok industry. So we've got good collaboration. The governor of Georgia, as well as the Georgia Rural Center, are also putting forth uh, efforts to make this commercialization possible. Um, and I think uh, with the collaboration that we've seen across the industry, we're, we're really close to getting this whole project off on a commercial level. That's great. Sounds great. Well, it was, it's a great program, and I was I was certainly glad to uh, to sit in on the announcement from a virtual perspective and 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 learn more about it. And uh, we'll certainly be keeping an eye on that and and see how it goes from here. But while we have you in studio, it is cotton planting time for most of the cotton belt. You know, sh short of South Texas and coastal Texas at this point. And in your role with Delta Pine, you certainly spend a lot of time working with growers from one end of the belt to the other and, and, and back again. So at this point, what kind of advice or tips or, or watch outs do you have for growers right now as, as they've got their planters full and, and ready to kick this season into high gear? You know, Jim, that, I'm glad you asked that question because I think I've had 10 phone calls this morning. <laughs> I, I, I think that the B 
best advice that, that I can give any cotton grower today is, is throw your calendar away. Today's April uh -huh. the 26th. And, and we really like to have a percentage of our cotton crop planted in April. But the weather up until now has just not been conducive to cotton planting, both from a, a standpoint of, of rainfall, we've had, we've been wet, and also we've been cool. If you look at the 14 day forecast, uh -huh. we've got rain in the, the forecast again for Wednesday night, Thursday, across most of the Mid-South. And, you know, predictions are from a half inch to an inch and a half of rain, followed by a couple of days of cooler night temperature. So, you know, what, what I tell growers is pretty simple. Look, I, I like a 65 minimum, I'd rather see 68 degrees at four inches. Uh, with, with a soil thermometer. And that followed by a seven day forecast where we're going to accumulate eight to 10 DD60s a day. That's ideal cotton plant weather. And, and, you know, the good Lord in all his wisdom just didn't see fit that to come before April the 26th this year. So uh, we're probably going to see most of the cotton crop go in in May. And, and that's okay. The varieties that we've got today with the, with their maturities and the, the things with the PGR management techniques that we've got today, we can mature a cotton crop a lot earlier than we used to could just eight, 10 years ago. So we'll be fine. We've got plenty of time to get a cotton crop in. And, and my recommendation is be patient and wait for the right condition. Sounds good. Keelan, we also saw today that the... Uh... You announced the NPE program for this year. Um, just tell us a little bit about that, how long you guys have been doing that program and, and what you've got in store for this season. Well, Frank, I, I am so excited to kick off the 14th year of the, the new product evaluator program at Delta Pine. Uh, we've got some really exciting new genetics this year uh, in, in the Bogart 3 Extendflex arena. We've got a robust set that, that goes across the belt from the Carolinas, Georgia, all the way through Texas. Um, there's two that I'm really uh, excited about, Bogart 3 Extendflex experimentals that'll be in NPE that are, are really got good, great yield potential, but also they've got the kind of fiber properties that we're looking for to go into Delta Pine Select. So I'm excited about that. Uh, when you move to Texas, we've got three really unique set of germplasms that, that really have a totally different phenotype than we've been used to. Uh, I think they certainly have a chance to find a great fit in that Northern High Plains area of West Texas. So uh, I'm, I'm excited about those and looking forward to seeing those. Also, we're gonna have the introduction of our Bogard 3 Thrive On, Extendflex varieties. Uh, we've got three that will be in NPEs this year, two of them in limited quantities that we're excited about the new technology, the private technology to, to help us with uh, thrips and, and plant bug management throughout the year, but also the genetics that it's in. Uh, it, they're all three in new genetics look extremely good to, to me in the trials that I've seen them in up till now. So we're looking forward to, to getting to evaluate not only new germplasm, but also another new technology. 
Sounds good. You as this this program's been a great program to to watch and and to uh, to be a part of from from a distance. And you always tend to impress me every year with with the next level and the next level. So we're we're looking forward to see what this one will do. You know, Jim, I, I wish I could claim credit for it, but it's really those 200 plus NPE growers across the belt that put so much time and energy into these plots and learning how to manage these new genetics and they make this program the success that it's been. And with that, we're, we're kind of up against our time on this. And, and Keelan, we're going to let you get back to, uh, to the business of making cotton farmers successful. Thanks so much for taking time to join us today. I'm looking forward to seeing you actually in a field or two this summer. Absolutely. I look forward to it as well. Thank you all for the time. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Keelan. And that's it for this episode of the Cotton Companion Podcast. As always, thank you, dear listeners, for joining us. If you like what you hear on the Cotton Companion, please be sure to spread the word and tell your farmer friends about this podcast. Here's Miss Diane to tell you how to find us. You can find the Cotton Companion in three easy ways. First, go to cottongrower.com forward slash companion or simply click the podcast tab at the top of the homepage. Second, subscribe to our channel on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts these days. And three, sign up for our weekly e-newsletter, the Cotton Grower e-news, that's delivered to your email inbox every Tuesday morning. You can do that by going to cottongrower.com forward slash subscribe. Also, be sure to follow Cotton Grower on social media. We are at Cotton Grower Mag on Twitter. And on Facebook, you'll find us by searching for Cotton Grower Magazine. Well, just a quick reminder that the May issue of Cotton Grower Magazine is now off the press and should be hitting your mailboxes here within the next few weeks. So please keep an eye out for it. And be sure to check cottongrower.com for the latest up-to-date cotton news. Cotton Companion Podcast comes to you twice monthly and is produced by Tyler Hatch and Kim Henderson, our talented colleagues at the World Headquarters for Meister Media Worldwide in lovely Willoughby, Ohio. My name's Jim Stedman. His name's Frank Giles. And we'll be back with you in two weeks with the next episode of The Cotton Companion. Until then, stay safe. Yeah, he works and he works and he works and he works all day. God made a phone.